Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And this is Time Capsule, episode 394. I'm Tony Talata. So Time Capsule is now going forward, featured some of our best from the past and present. I don't know about future, but we're working on that. As soon as we invent a time machine, we're not there yet. So let's get started. First, from Time Capsule Episode 179 are Aaron Stanford and Amanda Schull of 12 Monkeys in or around 2015. Amanda couldn't stand me at first. Despised me, in fact. And it was a long period of having to win her over. That sort of bled over into our, into our characters. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, it, it, it gradually developed for me also, um, you know, over, over time, over, you know, we, we never, it's not like a film where you, you read the script and you know what the story is from beginning to end because you have the whole script right in front of you. Right. We, we don't really know the, the whole story, um, at the, at the jump. You know, you're, you're watching things, the relationships sort of unfold in, in real time from, from my perspective anyway. And like you said, you know, they were, they're, they're thrown together, uh, by fate. They, they don't really have much choice in the matter. And they're very, very different people. They're they're absolute opposites, but they're thrown together. And I think that through this, you know, the, the crucible of um, of what they have to do, you know, this very, very difficult mission, yeah, they, uh, they form a bond. I could add to that. So, I mean, working with Aaron just from a personal level, not just you know from the character level, he shows up to set very prepared, and he does gives you 110% for every single scene, for every single take. And so I think that helps with just our on-set chemistry, which hopefully translates to the um, on-camera chemistry, that it's it's nice working with someone who gives you as much as you give them, and you can have an equal relationship. And, mm. and that has allowed us to be honest with the material, because we both invest completely into each character. Ditto. There's more Time Capsule, so please stay tuned.
from our third Time Capsule episode. Here is Colin Ferguson from the red carpet from the Sci-Fi Channel Party back from 2010 talking about Eureka and the fact that they travel back in time into the 1940s. I am loving the time travel and the whole time thing. It's stupid not. that it works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like I it love shouldn't it. work. You sort of like you put it on paper and you're like, that's gonna be dumb. And it actually works. It's weird. I don't get it. We know what I dug too? Seeing you in the old 1940s military outfit. Isn't that cool? <laughs> that was really fun. Although in hour 12, that wool. I gotta tell you, right on the collar line, you know, tugging tight, it's not fun. Yeah, I a new respect for soldiers in a whole like weird way. And trench foot, wearing yeah. those boots, yeah. 16 hours a day. I, I don't know how they did it. There was one wonderful scene in the last episode I saw because I'm here. I didn't see it, although it's back on DVR at home, of course. Yeah, is when you're all sitting in the cafe dean and you realize we ain't getting back. This is it. Yeah. And the four of you just, you know, all had like a, a bond together. I thought that was a really poignant moment for the show. Yeah, we felt it too. We sort of, I mean, it's tough. You know, you read some stuff and uh, you think it's going to play well and it doesn't. You read other stuff and you hate it and it plays great. That was one of the ones where we read it and we were like, oh, I hope this plays great. And then we did it and it was like, okay, that's, that's, that's sort of the season. You know, that moment sort of encapsulates what we're doing this season. And then you add in James Callis and boy, that just mixes it I up nice. I know, he's great. <laughs> He's such a nice guy. Like, he's just a ridiculously nice human being. So it's, he's been a joy to have around. So he's doing an American accent from the 1940s. From that's, the 1940s. Moving into present day yeah. and then slowly evolving out of it. That's cool. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So what was your reaction when you found out about the, uh, the, time, the time thing, the time travel? I didn't think they were going to bite. I thought the network was gonna, just going to stonewall it and say, that's cute, but no. You know, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, is what I thought. And uh, they didn't. They went the other way, and apparently they were really excited. And when they showed their excitement, it showed us that they had a faith in us that we didn't know. Um, and so that felt really good. And then we sort of ran with the ball, and every, and every time we did something, they were like, yeah, like that. And so it sort of, it was a season where everything sort of all of a sudden started to click, and everyone was thinking the same way. That's really cool. I can't wait to see how it turns out. It's a good season. It's not bad. Cool. Have some fun tonight. Thank when you. do you go back to work? Uh, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no rest for the weary. No, exactly. <laughs> Great to meet you again. Yeah, good to meet Take you Take care, too. Colin. Thanks. Thank you. Let's jump ahead seven years to 2017 with David Gentoli and Russell Hornsby of Grimm before the airing of the season finale from Time Capsule episode number 60. Hi, guys. We, uh, I was in, in the press conference with you guys uh, at the beginning of the season, so it's nice to finish it off right now with you guys. Uh, congratulations. Absolutely. Um, question for, uh, you know, for each of you. Uh, the relationship between Captain Renard and, bo and both your characters, and particularly with Nick, he's obviously somebody connected in this hierarchy here, and he's kind of almost protecting him. Uh, I mean, do you guys have your own theories? And also, do you see uh, something maybe coming next season uh, between Renard and especially Nick uh, coming up uh, as far as their relationship? Well, I think as Nick is concerned, speaking for Nick, he doesn't really have an eye on Renard at this point. I think uh, Renard's got the goods on him, and he does not have the goods on Renard. Um, and then David speaking, I, I think we're going to be learning a lot more about Renard's family, what he comes from, uh, and what his purpose is. Uh, yeah, why is he protecting me? Why does he want a Grimm close to him, other than... You know, it's good to have 
you know, an eye on the grim. But uh, I think I think that we in the audience will learn a lot more. Other than that, I can't. I I don't know the specifics. And for for Russell, what was it like to do the uh, the whole arc with the love potion uh, story? Uh, that must have been some fun acting for you. It, it, it was a lot of fun, you know, sort of uh, in a midsummer night's dream, if you will, you know, and uh, you know, and just uh, working alongside Claire Coffee, place uh, Adeline, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun, and just you know, just taking a whole different bent to uh, to the character, taking the character on a different uh, sort of arc. Uh, and journey was fun, you know, just sort of being in love with love. It's, it was a good time. Um, I guess we, and also we saw sort of a, a more a playful and vulnerable side of Hank that I, I think audiences didn't, you know, know Hank, you know, had. So that, that's always great. There's more time capsule, so please stay tuned. Episode 100 has Denai Gira joining The Walking Dead as Michonne from 2012. You play one of the most iconic characters in the graphic novel, you know, sword play and all of that. I mean, this, was that something you had to learn? Did you have a little bit of that in your background? I didn't. I, you, I learned the useless British broadsword and um, in grad school. <laughs> It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's all yeah, your fault. It's awful. All of it. <laughs> um, colonized or ex-colonized, you know, yeah. our beautiful relationship here. Uh, it actually works uh, for Michelle and the governor. Right it just works. Um, but uh, yeah, so it basically, uh, I had only done the broadsword in grad school, and so it was a whole new thing. I mean, they're they're completely different in, in pieces of inst- of weaponry, and uh, you know, it was very intense. It was very, you know, it was very cool in the beginning. It was just painful and hard and intense, and then once the, the comfortability starts to develop and the muscles start stop screaming, um, you know, they're actually becomes a really interesting bond that you develop with it and then so then you really start to say oh this is why you know and then understanding how it's such a perfect weapon for Michonne in the world that she's in you know this this weapon in this world and then feeling that bond myself with the with the weapon it's um it's pretty great it's been pretty cool yeah. And mentally, how is it stepping into her mind? And her she requires a lot, you know what I mean? I mean, firstly, she's like 100% always extremely focused, and she's, you know, she also has no problem with her, you know, rage expression. So, you know, it's good. It's interesting, you know. I'm, it's, it's very interesting stepping into someone that unapologetic. Um, and I'm un- I'm pretty unapologetic. But, you know, I care about, you know, making sure. I'm a pretty, you know, polite chick, you know what I mean? She's not really, con- 
concerned with that, you know? And why should she be? Um, so it was very interesting stepping into someone that she's very intense. And like, you know, her intensity is a mystery. Where is it coming from? Why? But like, so, you know, it's like living in that and not really explaining to anybody why. It was, uh, it's very interesting. It's like sometimes I'm, I was right there with her and sometimes I had to, to get to her, you know? So it was that journey. Yeah. And from 2023, we have Mark Lewis-Jones, who was Tom Christie on Outlander. And right off the bat, talk about two very key scenes with Jamie and Claire. Uh, starting with Jamie, why do you think he had to drink before he talked to him? Yeah, I think he's gone. I think Tom has had a difficult time between, um, you know, between series six and seven, I think. Drink has become, you know, that he's his... In a way, his pious shield has dropped, and he's he's been drinking a bit, and he's feeling very sorry for himself. And I think it does give him some sort of fortification, in a way, to approach Jamie and offer himself. It's such an important scene, really, and it's the it's the scene where he's told that uh, you know Jamie would respect him, would would respect him if he was at his funeral and, and that means the world to him I think you know it means the absolute world to him and you know in a way we're kind of seeing the real Tom aren't we? we're seeing the vulnerable Tom we're seeing the Tom that is you know really feeling his genuine feelings and able to show them and mm -hmm. isn't hiding behind this mask of you know strictness and piety and awkwardness and stubbornness you know self-will and all that stuff that all of that in a way has been stripped away from him and so we, we're getting to see real real tom probably for the first time ever not just for our outlander story from Hadsmere to to Wilmflow, um to the red falcon i think you know we don't, i don't think we've ever don't think anyone's ever seen this tom yeah and very beautifully played the drinks in the drinking has kind of um, helped lower his guard, I think. There is more with Mark Lewis Jones in a moment. And then Claire. I mean, boy, he, uh, that was an intense scene. And his guard is totally down at this point, it looks like. Oh, totally. I think, you know, and, and the space really helped it, you know, being it, it being on a ship and being so confined and small, and you know, and, and in the way it was shot where the camera didn't move around a lot. And we didn't get up to, you know, to kind of break the scene up a bit. It was quite intense and small and very intimate and quiet and very concentrated. And it kind of it needed that really, and it was it all felt on the day when we were filming it. It felt just right, you know. It felt like it, it, in a way it doesn't need any more than that. We've got the, the backstory. We've got however many episodes and all of the journey they've been on with the operation and the the book and the whole thing with Jamie and Malvern and all of that. We've got the big journey to get from Fraser's Ridge to, to Wilmslow. And we come to this place of stillness, you know, and it's and, it, and, and so you can just say the words that have been written, you know. Yeah. In, a way you've, in a way, those characters have earned that. They've earned that moment where they can just be 
together facing each other you know and and it's lovely when you can do that because you kind of feel it doesn't need anything more than this look for outlander on stars their season number seven they are going to end on season number eight that is time capsule 394 this is tony Tolado. thanks so much for listening until next time